That's what sets you apart. Okay? Having that uniqueness, that tangible difference, I don't think we can differentiate ourselves on customer service per se. All right, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Very fun episode for you today. We've talked in the past about being a commodity. I want to tell you how not to do that. What makes you unique? Tune in. I'll tell you what. A little office talk. We're developing our managers. A little preview for a future episode. Closing thought of the episode. This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. All right, friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Thank you for joining me tonight. As you know, we are having our first mastermind group. We have a ton of doctors that have signed up. We have one or two spots left. So if you're interested, email me at drlily at theultimateod.com. Love to hear from you. This is going to be amazing. We're all going to get better. This is what we are working for to be the best optometrist we can be. Iron sharpens iron. Let's help each other out. As you've noticed, if you're watching my smiling face right now, we are on video. So you can see us on YouTube or on Spotify. We're still going to have the audio versions anywhere you can get your podcast at. Spotify, Apple, all the above. That being said, today we are going to focus on what makes you unique. Think about that and let's walk down this road together. So the first thing I'll say is let's start on the other end of the spectrum. Are you a commodity? What is a commodity? Essentially, a commodity is something that is differentiated based on price or convenience. Okay, everything's the same. And let me give you some examples. Two good examples that I've heard recently. One, uh, alcohol. I'm going to use my favorite, gin. Okay, Tangray, Bombay Saf. You can have five o'clock or Seagram's, different levels of gin. Okay. What makes Tangray better than Bombay Sapphire? Is there a difference or are they all the same quality? Or does that blue from the Bombay Saf just make it taste a little better? It looks a little cooler in your glass. The Seagram's, is it really that much different than the five o'clock or Tangray? Or is it that much better? I don't know. But they are all gins. Think about vodkas, Grey Goose. Feels good if you go to the bar, you order Grey Goose. You're going to pay a lot more for it, but there's absolute vodka. Vodkas, alcohols, they all have a different spectrum. Now, you pay a lot more for some alcohols versus others. Why is that? What makes it unique? What's the differentiating factor? So what you can see with alcohol is, yes, it's all the same. In a sense, it's going to do this, have the same effect, but... Grey Goose, Tangray, Bombay, they have a status, they have a brand that they've built, right? They're unique because they've created this feeling when you buy that bottle, when you drink that liquor, okay? Another thing, bottled water. All right, who's a Kirkland Costco person? The best water ever, right? Or are you Dasani? Gross. We have Life Water, Fiji Water, they all those Smart Water to make me smart. Perrier. Bubbles. The bubbles are the key. But water is all the same. It would be nice to have gotten into the business of bottling water. Didn't think of that. You know, drinking fountains, restaurants, water's free. 
but the bottled water market has separated themselves. That Fiji water, $4, $5 a bottle versus the Kirkland Signature, where I can get 38 of them for $3, right? Less than that one bottle of Fiji. But if you think about it, it's all just water, but they've branded themselves better, okay? So when you think about optometry, you know, the devil's advocate here, you just eye exams and overpriced glasses and contacts. The contacts that you sell are no different than the contacts that I get from anywhere else, online, etc. You're no different, all right? So if we're going to differentiate ourselves, what are we going to do? What makes you unique? You've had a little bit to think about it. What do you think your answer is? If you're saying customer service, you're wrong, right? Every single one of us thinks we're the best at customer service, okay? Can you mark a tangible difference that makes you different? Like, why is your customer service so much better than everyone else's? We all think we're good at it, but let me ask you this. What do you do if a patient is 15 minutes late? If you have great customer service, that's not an issue. You're here to serve them. It's 15 minutes, for heaven's sakes. They got caught in traffic. What does your staff think? What do you think if someone's late? How about the person that has had their glasses for two months, then they call up and they're not working? They just haven't had time to call. How do you treat that person? Think about it. It makes a difference in terms of being good at customer service. Let me tell you about Costco does. You can come back two years later, have a mattress you brought from Costco, not have the receipt. They're going to take it back. Isn't that ridiculous? But that's amazing. You have any issue, Costco takes care of you. I always think they're the best in my mind when I think of customer service. That's what sets you apart. Okay? Having that uniqueness, that tangible difference I don't think we can differentiate ourselves on customer service per se. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So the two things that you can do, price or convenience. Are you going to be the lowest cost person? Absolutely not. I guarantee someone's always going to be lower. And if you think about it, Costco, these online sellers, they are selling our lenses, you know, what we buy at cost. That's what they sell it for. They just have more volume, more buying power. We can't compete with that. Convenience. All right. I've seen the hours you guys are working, right? Do you work a Saturday? These corporate places, they'll work Sundays, right? You close at your last exams at three because you have to get home to X, Y, or Z, right? We cannot compete on convenience. And think about this. The online game is getting into the market, right? Online. They're 24-7. They're always available. They can do online refractions now. I talked to one of my patients that came in. Thankfully, I don't know why he came back, but he's like, yeah, the past few years, it's been like four years since he's been in. Uh, the online people, an online exam I could do and just updated my prescription and I was just buying from them. Great. Right? That's awesome. So if you're getting your 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 money from glasses or contacts, you're not going to be able to compete. That's not a long-term strategy. So, all right, I've painted the picture. I've put this question out there. Let me give you three ways that you can implement, three ways you can be unique, you can stand out. My favorite, number one, specialty care, right? Whether it's medical optometry, you can do this, you can stand out, but you have to invest in a ton of technology, right? I'm talking your OCTs, your 
Oculus Cartographs, your topographers, the you know Optimap, all of these things. Think about it. Your visual fields, you name it. You need to have an MPod. Every piece of technology. That's what your office has. The latest, greatest digital for operators, but medical eye care, vision therapy, sports vision. That's something that you can create a big niche on, but it takes a lot of effort, right? You have to get into the schools, talk to the local sports teams. I'm in Allendale, Michigan, Grand Valley State University, one of the best D2 programs here. If I wanted to go into sports vision, number one, I'd go to local high schools. Number two, I try to get in with any team in the college. I'd let them know I'm going to help you out for free, right? I am not going to charge you. I want to work with your athletes. What can I do to help you out? Right at that point, I'd work with them. I'd get them where they need to be, see some progress. I'd have a, you know, way of tracking their improvement, see how their batting average is improved, or whatever sport I'm working with. And then I take that. That's my proof of concept. You want to be a college athlete? I work with college athletes. This is what we did for them. What can I do for you? All right, that would set you apart. But you have to like it. You have to enjoy it. You have to be willing to put in that time. We have dry eye. My thing, IPL, radial frequency, tear care, lipoflow, all of those things are going to matter if you're going to have the state-of-the-art dry eye center of excellence, all right? Invest in those things. That makes you unique. Myopia management, scleral lenses, especially contacts in general, those are things that people will pay for. Those are things that not everyone does. When I'm, I'm creating that dry eye center of excellence, I drive by you know, the corporate centers, I'm like, we're not even competing at the same game. They aren't trying to get dry eye patients, okay? They're not trying to see those medical patients either. They don't have an OCT. They don't have a visual field. The doctors can treat it. They don't have the equipment to do it. They're referring it out. Why not refer out to you? Get into all those corporate places. Let them know, I have an OCT. I have a visual field. You can refer to me. We will take care of them. Get your optometric colleagues to refer to another optometrist, okay? Same for dry eye, same for myopia management. Those are ways that you can be unique, you can stand out, right? Those patients will come, they'll see the technology they have, they come and see you as a specialist. It's a great feeling. I have that for a lot of things that I do, from scleral lenses, myopia management, to dry eye. People are coming to me as a referral, it's so much easier to work with them because they already have bought in. They know there's a problem. They're going to you. They already want the solution. Now, your patients that you're harvesting from organically, they have to be told there's a problem, right? They're usually coming into you for primary care. They want glasses or contacts. You're telling them about glaucoma. You're telling them about myopia management or dry eye. So it's a little bit different, but it's the same thing. This is how you can set yourself apart. You need to have a specialty. Think about all the things that you're referring out. What of those can you keep in-house? If you have a high population, a high thing that you're referring out, do everything you can to keep it within your practice. And then market the crap out of it to all your friends, all the other people in the area that can help you out. So, for example, dry eye, rheumatologists, primary care doctors, you know, people that are prescribing certain medications need those patients monitored for hydroxychloroquine. Again, rheumatology is a good thing for this. But reach out to those, have a specialty, that will set you apart. That makes you unique. I touched on this a little bit when I was talking about that, but technology, 
all the equipment, all the things, all the toys, whether it's an optical, you have the digital uh, Visi office that measures the PD. It's a little unique. It's different. Do I think it's accurate? Probably not. Can you still do it the old-fashioned way? But if you're using a marker versus the other office using this laser-guided contraption that you have there, I mean, you better sell it better than that, but using that is memorable. It's a difference. When I started cold, I had an Optimat from day one. Now, again, doing it over, I would have done it a little differently, but my thought process was I'm going to have something that is a wow factor. I had the Optimap. I had the TVs in the exam room. From day one, I was taking pictures, putting it up, explaining the crap out of the retina. I still have patients that come in uh, for the past 12 years we've been open. I don't do the Optimap anymore. I still have a retinal camera, but a little bit different philosophy of how I'm using it. They want to know why I don't have that camera anymore. They bought into it. They saw the value. You sell what you believe in. Make them believe in your technology. The foropters that you use. Or if you have, heaven forbid, you have a light projection VHR. Please, Lord. One of the offices I used to work at when I was uh, starting cold and I would work at a miter, literally a 20-foot lane. 20 feet. You know how big that is? How much waste of space that is? But we had a 20-foot lane because that's how it was calibrated. And we used it, right? Have a digital acuity chart and say, yeah, we have all digital here because that's what you're on all day. I want to test your vision, how you're using it. Simple. I used that when about 10 years ago. It was a wow. Everyone should have that at this point. Interior segment camera. Oh, I want one of those. Like so many times I'm seeing Demodex, blepharitis, you know, things I'm seeing on their eye, they get an abrasion if they have an ulcer. I like to show that to the patient because then I can be like, this is what I'm treating. This is why you're coming back. This is not good. A picture sells your diagnosis. It helps sell the treatment. It helps the patient understand that there is a problem and that you have the solution. All right. That will set you apart because it's memorable. They want to know that they're getting the latest, greatest. Think about optical. What are you doing in optical? The most, oh, back in the day, remember the, the feather light lenses or the HD lenses, right? HD is a digital lens. We had it too. We didn't market it like they did, and everyone wanted HD lenses, right? 4K, 5K, who knows what's next. But make sure you're selling the difference of your service, okay? Why are you better than Costco's Progressive? Well, they have a flip phone. We're really to the iPhone at this point, right? That's the difference in lens technology that we have versus what they're using. They're using old data technology. I don't know what you're gonna say, but make sure you stand out with the technology you're using. People live in a technology-based society. Think about what you do. Your iPhone now is more powerful than the best computers five years ago, right? Think about all the storage and all the capabilities it has. Low vision, for heaven's sakes, isn't even really a thing because you just use your iPhone to do everything, right? We have so much technology at our fingertips, your office has to follow suit. That will help you stand out because a lot of people aren't going that extra mile, all right? Think about how you're also scheduling appointments, how people are um, communicating with you. Are they texting? Do they have to pick up and call you? Do you know how much people hate to use the phone nowadays? And talk to anyone that has a phone, it's awful, right? They're, Hello, what's going on? Because they're old. 
When you think people on the phone, you think old. Don't be an old office. All right. The last thing. So we have specialties. We have technology. Culture. All right. This is a unique one. This is a harder one, but I think this one has a lot of value. I was looking at offices. I've been looking at offices. I ran across an office that was optician owned and he had like three employees. He had a doctor that barely worked. He gave all his doctor fees to the doctor. And I looked at his P&L, what he was making, him and his wife working very little were making over 100K. Now, for what he was working, not being a doctor, giving all his doctor fees to the doctor, and the doctor worked like three days a week, how is he making over 100K? Because he had a culture that was ingrained into optical. The frame selection that he had were high-end, unique frames that you can't get anywhere else. People would come from all around because they knew he had the most out there frames. You know, not run-of-the-mill Exotica, not run-of-the-mill Saflo, right? Just high-end things you don't see anywhere else. And he could sell that. It was an experience. What are you buying? He knew the story behind the frame. He would sell them on what's going in there, and he'd put good lenses in there, right? He cared about his craft so much that he was able to have that kind of business that we all dream of. Now, realize we not only are the doctors, we have the doctor fees, but we have full control of the optical. Do you think if you had that culture with you running your business of your you know, optometry office and had someone that cared about the optical like that, you couldn't make a killing. You would stand out, right? But it takes effort. No one wants to put that much effort into their optical. The people that do are unique, right? So think about that. Something as simple as your optical can stand out if it's your culture, right? High-end or concierge service. So I've heard of places that charge one fee per, per year. You come in, you're going to pay one fee a year, and you can come in as many times as you want. You have access to me. We're going to take care of you. They spend like an hour with a patient. This sounds awful to me. I want no part of this model. I would go nuts. A patient over 15 minutes, in my mind, I'm like, I'm running out of things to talk about. Let's move on. Let's get the next person in the chair. But these pay, these offices that do this model can see a third less patients than we do because it's cash pay. They don't take any managed care. They're all out of pocket. And if you can charge more but give a better experience, people will pay for it and you won't have to work as hard. You'll make the same amount of money. Think about that. Working less, making the same. Are you committed to standing out? Are you committed to being unique? These are things that you can do. Now, all these things, and I have a few more, as we go through, think about it. You don't have to do every single one of these things. You don't have to put every chip in the optical basket. You don't have to put every chip into that high-end concierge service. Can you take a little bit of it? Can you have a segment that is high-end that you they get a special treatment? Like certain patients that have earned that right, that shown that they, you know, they're willing to pay, they want service, farm that out, right? Find a way to make it work. Don't be cookie cutter. How can you serve the most profitable patients best? 
Make them happy and make that your recurring model. The people that are not serving your purpose, don't cater to them. Cater to those high-end patients and that will make you unique. Too many offices are trying to be everything to everyone. Know where you are and set yourself apart. Now realize that the world we live in is constantly changing, it's constantly evolving. If we are not proactive, if we're not ahead of the curve, we are going to be left behind. Every profession has to evolve. Think about Kodak, the camera company that didn't evolve. I read a thing about a Ma Bell, I think, or Pacific Bell, 1958. They were talking about the future of phones, right? Future of what to expect in the coming days. And essentially, they're like, every person will have a phone. They'll be on their person and... They won't even have to have a dial. They'll just be able to say a name and call the person they're thinking about or whatnot. Now, think about it. In 1950s, this was said. Have you heard of Pacific Bell or Ma Bell anymore? I'm sure they've been bought up. They're not who they are anymore. But they knew it was there. Think about the things that are challenging us, the things that we have control over. How can you set yourself apart? How can you be unique? Don't be a commodity. You have to find a way to... Make people remember who you are. What do you make them feel? What is your brand? Figure this out and you'll have a business for life. I'll have more for you next week. All right, friends, a little office talk. So as I've been keeping up to date the past few weeks, uh, past few months, past few episodes, my manager's are now taking over their manager roles. I spent the past six months of just keeping the ship afloat, observing and putting the right people in the right seats. It took me probably three months, four months, to get the right people on the bus. We did that. Now we're putting them in the right seats. The managers now, I feel like they're excited. They're doing great. You know what I feel? R-E-L-I-E-F. Relief. Thank goodness. I want to grow the practice. I want to focus on bigger things. I've been handling day-to-day operations, helping people evolve and grow. Now, instead of focusing on the entire office, I'm focusing on my managers and helping them focus on the rest of the office. Invariably, there's things that are come up where I have to step in and help out. But as we do this, they get more confidence. I think this is very important for every owner to develop in their office. They need to have people that can run the day-to-day so you can focus on what matters. Now, one of the keys to this is having a process in place to help them get where they need to be. One of the things I'm doing to help them with this is giving them a scorecard, giving them a way that they are going to be evaluated, okay? They need to know what matters, and if they have are left to their own devices, they're going to focus on the wrong things. So like staff morale, how are our customer service metrics? Like, are we getting rated on our, we send out surveys. What are our surveys saying? What are we falling short on? What are our reviews saying? When we get a good review, what do people like? A review isn't necessarily giving you a compliment. It's telling you what they appreciate, what you better keep on doing, right? They're acknowledging the good, with the mindset of, this is what I like about this office. If this changed, I don't know if I'd still be going there, right? A lot of times, they don't make me wait. 
The staff was friendly, caring, listened to what I was doing. All right, it's not like, oh, I got that figured out. It's let's do more of that. That's the roadmap for you. That's the roadmap I'm laying out for my managers. All right. Also, by having the scorecard, one of the examples I'll give you in my office is my AR percentage was low. For some reason, we had hit a little bit of a roadblock. So my best opticians weren't going where we need to be. The past three months, I have said, let's get our AR better. I've been handing out individual, each staff member, where their percentage is. You know what? A couple of times they're in the lower end of the totem pole. It doesn't feel good. It's all public knowledge. We handed that out. We're over 85% for the year in AR. And that's because we're measuring what matters, what's important to us. What you focus on will get improved. That's how I'm helping my managers get better. I'm telling them what the focus should be. That's where they're going to put their time, effort, and energy. I can do other things. It's been a really fun process to uh, to watch and have happen. Now, over the next few weeks, my podcast, I think episode 150, stay tuned. It's a podcast on leadership. This is great for outlining that process that I'm working with managers. If you want to have better managers, if you want to learn how to lead your office, episode 150 is a great one to tune into. That's two weeks from now. All right. So that's a little office talk. We'll have more for you next week. Where or where has the time gone? We're to the closing thought of the episode. Recently read a book, The Wisdom of the Bullfrog. All right. Uh, Not great, not horrible. A couple nuggets in there. One of those nuggets I'm going to share with you right now. And the wisdom of the bullfrog, he was a former Navy SEAL, and one of his, the bullfrog is a, that's what you call Navy SEALs or Navy people, I don't know, bullfrogs. Anyways, one of the nuggets I took was, the only easy day was yesterday. I thought about that. I love it. And... That's a mentality that we need to have as private practice owners, as entrepreneurs. If you get complacent, if you're looking for the easy way out, if you're looking to get to the place where you've made it, you're going to lose the battle because you're never going to get there. If you have the mindset that the only easy day was yesterday, today is going to be tough and you're going to have to fight through it, you're going to survive. You're going to stay focused and your mindset is going to be right to achieve what you need to achieve. So keep focus on what needs to be done. Don't get caught up in your emotions. Don't get caught up in your feelings. Remember that problems are a good thing. That means you're running a business. Every business has problems. It's not going to get easier. The easy day was yesterday. We'll have more for you next week. Dr. Lily out.